meteorological summer has arrived. arrived. And it's time for the Weather Jazz Podcast Science Camp. Grab your swim gear and let's dive in. No textbooks needed. What a wonderful Wednesday. This is outstanding. It's fresh, it's snappy, yes, but at least we're not paying extra for the air conditioning. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and even a whole lot more from time to time. I'm your host, and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 204. And today is Wednesday, June 16, 2021. It's Science Wednesday, and yes, you do not even need a textbook. That's what's great about this science class. It's fun, it's interesting, and hopefully you walk away with something that you can talk to someone at the cooler with today. And uh, that's starting to really become more and more prevalent now in Northeast Ohio. And that's a good thing, not only here, but really across all of the globe. We're getting back to the workplace and uh, the cooler, the water cooler, is a place that we're starting to see again and having to get reacquainted with. So keep some of these things in mind and you might have a great conversation starter on your hands for this Wednesday. Coming up a little bit later on in this podcast episode, we're going to explore the birds of Ohio and in particular, one bird species that has not been seen in Ohio for quite some time. It's been spotted recently. More on that in just a little bit. But before we do that, we will cover a couple of other interesting things, one which caught my attention this morning. I'm here in the Weather Jazz studio, which is still in development And it is slowly coming together, but I've got uh, one of my big uh, TV screens in here. It's a Roku TV. And on this Roku TV, I have, as one of the apps, an app from WCAX Television in Burlington, Vermont. You see, I went to school in northern Vermont. And WCAX was the big television station, probably the most popular one uh, in northern Vermont. And uh, so I install the app so that periodically I can see what's going on in northern Vermont. I still have friends that live in the area. So I was watching meteorologist Gary Sadowski this morning. He is the Monday through Friday morning meteorologist. And he was going through some of the interesting stats in Burlington and mentioned that June officially has had a trace of snow in a couple of years. And I thought, well, that is interesting. Let me do a little investigation. And I did. And I found that uh, in 2006, 2007, and 2009, three years recently, that had a trace of snow reported at the Burlington International Airport. But upon further investigation, was it really snow? You see, sometimes 
the precipitation gets recorded as snow when, in actuality, it is hail from a, a thunderstorm where the uh, cold air reaches down to the surface or the, the thunderstorm is actually able to push up into the sub-freezing air high aloft. So one of the two, in all probability, it was hail because with just about every case, 2006, 2007, 2009, uh, I looked at the high-low temperature at Burlington Airport on the days that snow was reported. You would figure that if it was snow, that temperatures, at least the lowest or the minimum, would be in the 30s. That wasn't the case. It was cool on all of those days, and uh, and I think all three days in the most recent period, 2006, 2007, and 2009, had a high temperature in the 70s, basically, and lows in the 40s. Now, with overnight lows in the 40s, you just don't get snow. You get hail or sleet or ice pellets, perhaps, but you do not get snow. So in all probability, uh, that got recorded uh, sometimes automatically uh, as snow because it has nowhere to put uh, other types of frozen precipitation. So I just thought that was interesting. Now, has it ever snowed in Vermont in the month of June, July, and August? Yes, it has. We covered that on Weather Jazz, and I believe it was the year without a summer. We did a podcast on that uh, a little bit ago, and I'm looking at it right now. It was actually posted in 2020 in May of last year, so it's over a year old, and it's episode number 106, and it's called The Year Without a Summer. In that year, uh, Krakatoa exploded, and as a result of that, there were many, many places that actually saw snow in every single month of the year. One of those states was Vermont. It was New Hampshire and Maine also reported snow. Uh, and I believe if, uh, yeah, the, that uh, that was 1816. I'm looking at the air right now. And uh, so there were periods of time where snow was seen in the summer months, but for rather unusual reasons. And there's a great story behind that one. Uh, again, episode number 106. It's episode number 816, Year Without a Summer. What I'm going to do is embed that particular episode right below today's episode so that you don't have to go anywhere else on weatherjazz.com. That way you can listen to it right from today's episode, which is episode number 204. And also another thing I'm going to post in the show notes today, episode 204, is a beautiful photo that was snapped in the state of Colorado by Don Wilson. Now, Don is a Northeast Ohio resident, but he's apparently in Colorado, perhaps vacationing on a business or whatever. But he sent me a photograph that I posted on the show notes and He says in his email, Hi, Andre, I saw this cloud last night in Gypsum, Colorado, around sunset. It looked 
far bigger than the picture shows any idea what type of cloud this is. So go check it out. I'm going to repost it in the show notes for episode 204, and I will tell you just exactly what we are seeing. Off in the distance, you are actually seeing the anvil portion of a lone thunderstorm off in the distance. In Colorado, you can see for long, long, long distances because the air is drier uh, and uh, also thinner because you're typically up about a mile high, mile high stadium up in Denver, Colorado. It's about 5,000 feet above sea level. So the air's a little thinner, and it's a little cleaner, and it's uh, it doesn't have as much water mole- molecule uh, uh, interference, uh, nor is there as much haze. So you can see for large distances. This is a distant thunderstorm from Don's vantage point. He's just looking at the top of it, which is a an anvil, and uh it's clear all around. Typically, you do not see these all alone, a lone thunderstorm like this, which is and certainly would flag Don as to the unusual nature of it. At least here in Ohio, it's an unusual, very, well, let's go ahead and use the word rare. It's rare to see this kind of cloud uh, all by itself like this. I perhaps have seen it once or twice in my 33 plus years now in northeast Ohio, but you see them a little more frequently in the western United States, and uh, so this is officially a cumulonimbus cloud, the thunderhead, and what you're looking at is the the head or the thunderhead portion of it, the anvil of the thunderstorm as it spreads out, as it hits uh, the stratosphere. So there you go. One more bit of information comes to us from spaceweather.com, and I would like to thank right now Dr. Tony Phillips of spaceweather.com, who gave me the permission to re-show a a couple of images from his website. The website, spaceweather.com. It is a phenomenal resource when it comes to all things space, looking skyward, astronomy, lots of interesting things about the sun, the sun's activity. If you're into that thing, spaceweather.com is a place that you need to bookmark and visit periodically at the very least, if not frequently. So anyway, on spaceweather.com today, thanks to Brian McDonough, uh, he was on a flight, and I believe it was a British Airlines flight from JFK to Heathrow Airport, and that Great Circle route would uh, take him pretty close to somewhere between the Arctic Circle and the North Pole. As a result of that, and as a result of his very high uh, latitude, he observed something very interesting. They're called noctilucent clouds, or NCLs. And typically, you will see NCLs, which are Earth's highest clouds. They form when the summertime wisps of water vapor actually rise to the edge of space, way up around, oh, 83 kilometers or 40, 50 miles above the Earth's surface. And they crystallize, believe it or not, around disintegrated 
meteoroids uh, that come into the Earth's atmosphere, many of which are never seen, uh, but leave the, the tiny particles, and these tiny particles act like uh, condensation nuclei, and so you have these clouds forming at the edge of space, and because they're so high, Right after sundown, and in some cases even well after sundown, you will see these very electric blue lights in the sky. Go check out the images that I posted on weatherjazz.com, and you will see, uh, thanks to spaceweather.com and Dr. Tony Phillips, as well as Brian McDonough, who actually posted the photographs, uh, of these noctilucent clouds. Now, I have seen noctilucent clouds in North Canton a couple of years ago, uh, coming out of church uh, once at Faith Family Church, which is right along I-77. It was well after sunset, and both Sally and I looked up in the sky, and we said, look at that. I think we're looking at some noctilucent clouds. It's a little rare this far south in latitude. It's mostly uh, up to the north, uh, basically north of the Canada-U.S. border. And the closer you are to the Arctic, the better the chance of actually seeing these. Now, if you go north of the Arctic Circle in the summertime, you won't see them at all because the sun is shining 24 hours a day. Uh, but where, wherever and whenever the sun can go down below the horizon and illuminate some of the elements at about 40 or 50 miles high, uh, that's when you will end up seeing those NCLs. There's actually a season for them. A whole lot more uh, on them. And if you go to spaceweather.com, uh, there is a place called Real-Time Noctilucent Cloud Photo Gallery. It's very cool, and NCLs would be the only thing that you will see there. I recommend that you go check it out. Okay, there's uh, a bird that has showed up in Ohio that hasn't been seen in a long, long time. We're going to find out what bird species that is coming up after the break. Stay right where you are. And we're back, and here we go with a bird sighting. Are you a birder? If you are, you would be interested in this. Thanks to Patch.com, I am reading an article that talks about a rare and endangered bird species that returns to Ohio. And that bird species is the piping plover. According to Patch.com, they've not had a nest in the Buckeye State for nearly 80 years. So where have they been spotted? They have been spotted in the Maumee Bay State Park in Lucas County. That's really not too far away from northeast Ohio. That's only about an hour and a half drive west of Cleveland. And the endangered bird species has not been documented in Ohio since the 1930s. That's a lot of years. It's almost a century ago. The piping plovers built a nest on the park's inland lake beach, and a portion of the beach has now been closed to the public to protect the birds and to encourage them to propagate, and perhaps we'll see more and more of them starting to come back, just like we saw 
the Mayflies coming back, which we just recently did a story on on Fox 8. Yeah, they are a nuisance, but at least they show the health of Lake Erie as a body of water starting to become less and less polluted, and that is a good thing. Well, visitors to the Maumee Bay State Park are reminded that it is illegal to harass or harm the birds, their eggs, or their nest for obvious reasons. They want them to come back. They want them to start populating. And hopefully we'll see more and more of these piping plovers returning to northern Ohio. And we also want to thank the Black Swamp Bird Observatory, who is coordinating a volunteer network in two-hour shifts to monitor the plovers and to make sure that uh, they are undisturbed. And those interested in volunteering can actually sign up at a website that we will have a connection to. And that would be at weatherjazz.com, episode number 204. The website is mommybaypipingplovers.org. And I'll also include a tweet from the Twitter account of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources that shows a picture of these cute, absolutely adorable piping plovers. First time in 80 years. And so if you are younger than 80 years old, you've never seen these birds in northern Ohio. Here's your opportunity to perhaps catch a glimpse of them as a volunteer, as uh, I would imagine that uh, visitors are going to be kind of turned away to allow the plovers to get established to keep their nest undisturbed and to allow them to begin to populate. And who knows, maybe they'll someday be off of the endangered species list. Well, that wraps up this science summer camp edition of Weather Jazz. Hope you enjoyed it. And do you know somebody who is a birder or is interested in some of the other things that we talked about, the cumulonimbus cloud, the nocturnal, Delucent cloud, or perhaps snow in the month of June and the year without a summer, 1816. Any of those topics might pique the attention of someone that you know, and I would ask you to please let them know about Weather Jazz. Spread the word. We would love our audience base to continue to grow. Do you have a question or a topic suggestion? Well, Don Wilson had one. Hopefully, we're going to hear from him. He asked me in an email. I said, would you call the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line? Let me know what that question is. It's about uh, Lake Erie winds. So hopefully, we'll hear from him and have that next Wednesday. But if you have a question in the meantime, and it could be about anything, whether it's science weather, earth science, or anything outside of that, a personal question, I welcome all of those. Call the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. It's 234-525-5888, 234-525-5888. The information is at the bottom of every episode's show notes on weatherjazz.com. It's Open Line Friday coming up, and I've got something kind of fun, kind of special, and really off topic. It has nothing to do with science, 
It has nothing to do with any of the earth sciences, but a lot to do with a goofy subject that, at least for a lot of my colleagues, has been a point of interest. Uh, You're not going to figure it out. Just come back on Friday. Open line Friday. I'll see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Weather Jazz Podcast.